0: Radio. Welcome to the Successful Woman Radio Show, brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies, this is Trina Newby host, and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this Monday, September 16, 2019, and as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, your ideas a huge success. Hello, everyone. I am so sorry. We are about 15 minutes behind on the show today. We had technical difficulties, but you guys know me, I'm always pushing for jumping that hurdle and making sure that the show was brought to you every Monday. And so today, we're going to be continuing with our theme, which is going on all during the month of September, Strategy 2020. Again, Strategy 2020. And I'm very excited for this uh, particular topic because most businesswomen, and I should say micro-business owners have a tendency to think that they're too small to plan out a business strategy, but that is definitely, definitely not true. And so, again, I want to encourage you that no matter what stage you are in in your business, uh, you know, no matter how much money you're bringing in, if you want to bring in more money, if you want to be more successful, then you have got to embrace and adopt a system of strategizing because it's just that important. So today, later on in the show, we are going to be talking about literally the seven powers of decluttering your mindset. And I want to say hello to Toy. Toy Ling is um, listening from our Facebook group. Hi, Toy. And, you know, again, I'm mentioning decluttering. And one thing that um, was going on all this weekend on Saturday was the marked women's conference and I heard Toy also speak on decluttering, and I so enjoyed her presentation. So hopefully we'll get Toy on our radio show and you guys will be able to hear her firsthand talk about decluttering from other standpoints as well. But today we're going to be talking about staying focused on our businesses, learning to declutter our mindset, and I'm going to give you um, seven ways to actually do that, which You know, again, I want to just really impress upon all of you who are listening to this particular uh, topic on you know, planning your strategy for 2020 that you can't do without a strategy. No one should do without a strategy if they're planning on being successful in their business. And, of course, at Successful Woman Radio, you know, we say that we are proactive queens. We are queens of proactivity, and our goal is to do things ahead of time so we can see success on time, which is so very, very key. And so what I want to do in the show today is just to tell you a little bit about what's going to happen, what's going on, and who we are. Now, as many of you know, we do the show simultaneously broadcasted from Blog Talk Radio, as well as our Women About This Facebook community. So what we're going to do is um, I'm going to give you a little bit of rundown on what you should expect from the show today and then um, welcome all of our new listeners because I see again that the board is full on Blog Talk Radio. So again, I want to welcome all of our new listeners to the radio show. And I want to tell you a little bit about who we are, and what we are all about at Successful Woman Radio. The show has been live on the air every single Monday for more than 10-plus years now, and we have had literally hundreds of thousands of women from around the world to download the show, and I can't tell you how beautiful it is to have women from around the world to reach out and say that the content that we present to you on the show Um, is so genuine and that they are able to put it to good use. And that is all I want is for women to listen to the show and be able to get good use from it. So mark your calendars every Monday at 12 noon Eastern and be empowered with information that you will be able to put to use right away. Now, our radio show, Successful Woman Radio, is the flagship show of our website, womenaboutbiz.net. Again, womenaboutbiz.net, where you can learn all you need to know about starting and growing your business and generating the six-figure income that I know, girl, that you want, right? Because I wanted it and I was able to do it. And so through the blessings of God, I am able to show you how you can generate your six figures and create that income you so desire as well. And so the show is a, a mixture, basically, of a talk show, an interview show, a, a webinar, a radio show. We give it to you all blended and full of meat and information that you are going to be able to put to use right away. So welcome to all of the new listeners. Don't forget to mark your calendar every Monday at twelve noon Eastern. Now on the show today, we're gonna to be talking not only about our theme, uh Strategy Twenty Twenty, I'm going to give you the five questions of leadership and authority. Again, I'm going to give you the five questions of leadership and authority. And I also want to talk to you, uh, we've been reading the book Endless Referrals, such a a phenomenal book, but I also want to talk to you about networking in general. I want to share with you a couple of things that I have learned over these past two-plus decades that have really worked for me from a networking um, standpoint and I want you guys to understand that as we have read the book, uh, English referrals in our book club this month, one of the biggest things that that the author Bob Berg is talking about is that preparation is key and consistency is key when you're talking about networking and also authenticity very, very important. So I'm going to remind you of some things that you need to be doing to prep yourself to be a good networker. And then, of course, the five questions of leadership and authority, you know that I'm going to give those questions to you, and you know that I want you, when you hear those questions, you should be taking them, asking them of yourself as often as necessary, getting in your quiet space, so that you can properly plan out as the CEO of your company. So again, it's about 1224. Um, The show was a little bit late today due to technical difficulty, but we are pushing forward. We're excited to be here for you, and we're getting ready to rock your world with information that you will be able to put to use. So let's get started with the five questions of leadership and authority. Again, the five questions of leadership and authority. The first question, which is something that I want you guys to take this question to heart because it is the foundation that you're getting ready to set for yourself as a leader, and that is, am I clear on my role as CEO of my company? Again, am I clear on my role as CEO of my company? There's a lot of business women walking around leading their business really without leadership, right? How is that possible? Well, it's possible that you could be leading your business in the wrong direction because you yourself as the CEO don't know what you're supposed to be doing. So that needs to be cleared up, and you do that by creating a position description of the CEO for your business customized to what your business is about and what the important things are that you're supposed to be taking note of throughout your days, throughout your weeks, months, and years. So again, as the CEO of your company, if you're not clear on what you should be doing every day, it's going to be pretty difficult to lead your business in the right direction. You're going to be working in the blind. And I know that all of you are not wanting to do that. You do not want to work in the blind. And so I urge all of you, even before you develop your business strategy, is that you need to be clear on your position description. And that is the one way to stay clear about what position you hold in your business and what you should be doing. And by the way, you know the three most important roles in any business that you should be focusing on are laborer, manager, and entrepreneur. Again, laborer, manager, and entrepreneur. Now, my good friend and someone that I consider my my quiet mentor, because he doesn't even know that he's my mentor, but I am talking about Michael Gerber, author of the incredible book, Enos, Um, you know, I have been reading that book now for more than 10 years, literally. And every time I read that book, I get something new from it that I can tweak and improve my business on. You guys need to get that book, E-Myth Revised by Michael Gerber, G-E-R-B-E-R, Just Like the Baby Food. You guys need to get that book and keep it in your success library because the book talks about what goes on in a business and why businesses fail, but what you need to do to straighten it out. And he talks about the labor technician role, the manager role. He talks about the, uh, the entrepreneur visionary role. And those three roles I have been teaching, I have taken that, and and discipled that out of his book and have been teaching and encouraging people on those principles. And I lead myself by those principles for the last 10-plus years. So, again, I want you guys to get that book, e Revised, add it to your success library, and read it. Just, you know, really plan out some time in your calendar to really go through the book. In the book, as he talks about those three roles, Um, technician, laborer, manager, and entrepreneur visionary, you're going to learn that the entrepreneur visionary role is the most important role there is because it sets the pace in the company. It gives direction. It gives purpose. It lets the laborer and the manager role know what it should be doing, how to carry out those directives. And that's not going to happen if you're unclear of the role you should be playing as the as the leader, as the CEO of your company. The other thing, ladies, is that you need to be embracing that you are the CEO. I don't care if it's just you, you, and you. You need to be embracing that, yes, indeed, you are the CEO. Um, and so with that, you have to make sure that you are clear on your role and making sure that you carry it out properly. Now, this is not to say that if it's just you as a solo entrepreneur working your business that you're not supposed to be in the labor role and the manager role. But what I find all too often is that we as women, we're comfortable in the labor role. We are used to having that beautiful personality of servitude and grunt work and doing what we need to do to make it happen. But at the same time, we really need to know how to get into the entrepreneur visionary role so that we can lead. And I think a lot of the times uh, when women start businesses, they stay in the labor role and then they wonder why certain things are not happening in their business because you weren't there to lead it. You weren't in that leadership role. And so how do you handle all of that when you are a solo entrepreneur and it's just you, you, and you, right? How, How do you really handle all of that? Well, what you do is you look at the number of hours, that you have to contribute to your business on a weekly basis. Let's just say you are able to contribute 20 hours. Out of those 20 hours, I suggest that more than, you know, 50% of your time be spent in the Entrepreneur Visionary, but then that leaves 25% each for your labor and 25% for your management role. And so what you do is you divide those time frames. 50% of 20 hours, which is 10 hours, so 10 hours goes to entrepreneur visionary planning, executing, um, and then 25% to management and 25% labor. Now, that's just an example because some of your businesses are more labor intensive, and so you may have to decrease uh, the entrepreneur visionary role uh, and do more labor role, right, for right now. But the goal is is to try to balance the roles, not evenly, but balance them um, based on what's best for your business, right? And so, again, I want to urge you, the first thing you do is to create a position description for yourself as the CEO of your company. And if you don't have it written, because somebody uh, somebody emailed me the other day and said, Trina, just want you to know that I have my position description. I haven't written it down, but it's all in my head. Listen, I'm just going to tell you guys right now stop it. I'm hearing too much of that. I'm hearing people have these cocky attitudes about, like, I have it all in my head. I have it all figured out, but you're unwilling to put it on paper. What's that about, huh? Listen, put it on paper, write it down, and make it plain, right? Very, very key. Because if you don't, you're going to tend to forget. Guys, remember when I was sharing the story? I shared the story uh, so often on Successful Woman Radio when I was talking to a, a prospect on the, on the phone, and I thought I could remember everything hung up the phone, uh, and this was a multiple thousand-dollar opportunity. I hung up the phone and, and didn't remember the prospect's name or anything else, and that was my only and last lesson on understanding the power of writing things down, right? And so, again, you need to write out your position description. Do not leave it to chance that you know it just because you're the creator. What do you think? That doesn't mean anything. You've got to write it down because we are human. We forget. We allow things to fall through the cracks, right? So I want you guys to remember that. And here's a good resource for you. I'm checking it out now on Women About Biz in the Growth Channel um, because I do believe that it is located there. Um, But there is an article that I wrote on writing your daily operations plan, okay? Um, and I'm looking at it to see if I can find it in the growth channel. But if you don't find it there on the Women About This website, I want you to go to my personal blog, TrinaNewby.com, okay? com. And when you go there, you know, just click on blog and you will actually see Okay, the the article. Click on the topic growing your business. Okay, growing your business, and you should see it there. If not, I'll make sure you guys have that resource over on the Women About Biz website because it is just that important. And um, you know, the one thing that I try to do is to give you guys some resources. I see that there's some crazy stuff going on over at com, so don't worry. We will make sure that that article is posted in the growth section at Women About Biz so that you can have it. But having a daily operations plan to know what you're supposed to be doing daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and so on is very key, and it really has everything to do with you balancing those roles as the the laborer, the manager, and the entrepreneur. So I'm going to make sure you guys have that resource, okay? Um, today, in addition to you creating your position description, I really want you to think about, and this is key, ladies, I really want you to think about not only creating a position description, but I want you to think about uh, what if you hired someone to replace you as the CEO of your company and you're expecting them to give you reports, okay? It could be the sales report, the marketing report, it could be different types of reports customized based on your business. I want you to think about it from those terms as well, because whatever reports they're supposed to be providing to you so that you can stay on top of your business and know what's going on at all times, then that's what you're supposed to be doing as well. And that's going to also help you to understand your position as the CEO of your company and what you should be doing. I don't want you to get stressed out about this. I want you to get proactive about this and get going. Um, get on the drawing board and start your position description. Number two, what are my business priorities? Well, you need to understand and know what's priority in your business. And for many business women, it's, it's sales, it's marketing, it's tasks, it's generating leads. And then number three, do I have a bird's-eye view of the following area? Do I have a bird's-eye view of those areas that are all priority to me? The sales, the marketing, the, the daily workflow, the tasks. Do I have My eyes over all of that, do I have, let's say, a one-page report that can show me at a glance what's going on? And then number four, am I allowing my power team? Oh, that word is so important, but more important than the word is to actually team in that word itself. You know, am I allowing my power team to work for me and help me to execute my daily workflow? Do Do you have a power team? Really, do you? Do you have and have you met a group of people individually that can provide services to you to help you shorten your learning curve and push your business forward faster, right? They are proven. They've helped other people do it. They're perhaps probably running their own business, and when you need them, they are available. If not, it's time for you to figure out who should be on your pilot team. And word of caution here. You can't just put your power team together in 24 hours. A power team has to be nurtured. It has to be, you have to work with each individual, meet with them, connect with them, let them understand who you are, get, you know, get quotes, you know, get them used to understanding what you're all about, what your work is about, so that when you do a trying or task or a project, they already know. That's difficult to do in 24 hours, and, and that's why it's so hard for people to to find web designers or to find coaches or to find people who can help them because they're always wanting to do things at the last minute. So, again, we are proactive queens here at, at Women About Biz and Successful Woman Radio, and our goal is to do things ahead of time so that we can have success on time. Don't forget that. Last but not least is do I have a delegation system in place to activate my power team, okay? Uh, This is huge for me because so often, so often I see people abdicating instead of delegating. I, I, As many of you know, I own my own virtual assistants company. I don't do the work, but I have a lot of virtual assistants that work in my company doing work for a lot of clients, a lot of uh, small and medium-sized business owners. And the one thing that I noticed that a lot of people who are in charge of their companies do is that they like to abdicate a lot of the work. They, they want to get out of having to work themselves. And you might say, well, isn't that why you hand over the work to somebody so that you can get don't have to do the work? Well, yes and no for that answer. You hand work over so that a person can execute from your directions. But if you don't ever create the directions, if you don't create the follow up system, if you don't create the deadline, if you don't explain to them the job at hand, what they're supposed to be doing, and what the expectations are, then you are leaving it up to that person to run amok, to to just literally. Uh, do what they see that they need to do, and that might not be up to your standard. It may not be what you had in mind, okay, and you might be waiting forever. Why? Because you didn't give a deadline. You didn't give a timeline. You didn't give expectations. You didn't uh, follow through and follow up. So you need to understand that as you delegate, your responsibility is to be a master, and following up and following through and holding people accountable. That's what a CEO is all about, so that your goals can be realized. And that's so very, very key. So a delegation system has to be in place. So there you have it. Five questions of leadership and authority that I can guarantee you that if you start asking yourself these questions, if you start answering these questions, if you start doing what you need to do, With these questions, then you are going to start seeing differences because these questions are going to challenge you to put systems in place so that you can be the CEO that you need to be. It's 12.39 after the hour, and for those of you that have joined us, you are listening to no other than the Successful Woman Radio Show, and I am Trina Newby. I am your host, CEO and founder of Women About Biz, and of course, as always, your business success coach. I want to give some shout-outs to Um, Again, Toy Lang on our Facebook group, Charnel Griffin, uh, Carolyn Peasy. Hey, Carolyn. Uh, Brittany, hey, Brittany, thanks for listening, and Abby. Hey, Abby, thanks so much for for listening to the show. And then, of course, we've got a packed-out Blog Talk radio board, and I want to thank everybody for listening from the Blog Talk radio platform. Um, And for those of you who have ever thought about doing your podcast or your radio show, Um, I I want to let you know that it is so possible with technology these days, there's some wonderful things that can be done. You can even pre-record your show and still have it show live on Facebook, uh, and even have it come on on Blog Talk Radio. So there are so many things that you can do. So for those of you who are working and thinking that you can't have your own podcast or radio show, oh, yeah, you can. And so, again, I'm so excited that you're here with us today. And I always say, look at what I'm doing. Use me as an example. Follow suit. And build your brand and and do the things that are necessary to be successful in your business. I want to write quick to talk about networking because uh I'm, I consider myself a master networker, and why do I consider myself a master at networking? Because my whole business for the last twenty years have been built off of networking i 've not really done a lot of paid advertising uh, but i 've done Tons and tons of networking. And so uh, through trial and error, I have learned, I feel how to positively network as a businesswoman, and I want to impart that to you because that's what we should do as businesswomen. We should be willing to share and give those resources, which is so very, very key. And so, again, I want to talk to you about networking from a perspective of the fact that you really need to be developing a system for your networking. You need to have a networking plan, just like you plan out everything else, just like today we're talking about uh, planning your strategy to be successful in 2000 and 20, you need to be planning out your networking. And here's why. is because um, when, you, when you prepare, when you prep yourself, when you become the proactive queen at becoming a networker, you're going to start seeing results. You're going to start generating leads, right? But what I noticed is that in your plan, you've got to understand how to process your leads. You've got to understand what is supposed to be happening from the time you meet a person until that person perhaps becomes a customer, a client, or on your, on your contact list. You've got to know what are all of the things that happen in between there. And, you know, we've been reading the book, in its Referrals, by Bob Berg, which is such an awesome book. Uh, and by the way, all of those people who bought the book and posted it on the Women About Biz community on Facebook, they have won a wonderful uh, entry to the webinar, Endless Referrals, Getting More Clients, that I will be giving. Um, And, you know, stay tuned. You guys are going to get an email about that. So anyway, I want to share with you three things about networking that you've got to keep in mind. Number one, don't forget that in networking, you're supposed to be in the blessing business. A lot of times I find that, Um, women go to networking events, and not just women, most business owners, small business owners, but we're we're women-specific here. You go to networking events, and a lot of the time, you're going because you want to make a sale. And oftentimes, you're not going frequently enough so that you can establish relationships. So the one thing that you need to know when you are networking and you must be willing to be a part of is you must be a part of the blessing movement in networking. You must be a person who's willing to give more than you get. And, you know, through the blessings of God, you actually get more. You you do. And so you cannot go to a networking event expecting to close a sale the same day, especially if it's like the first networking event you've gone to or you don't have a vendor table or anything like that. You need to understand that your whole goal of networking is to develop relationships over the long run and to, to connect with people right away. So when you go to a networking business, change your mindset to that of a blessing business. Always have something that you could perhaps hand out, whether it's uh, you read something very interesting that you thought is going to be good, and so you decide to print out 10 copies and, and have them available as you're networking to other people. People will remember you most for what you give, what you sow into their lives. They will remember that more than anything else. And once they remember that, you could come back to that person and, and try to you know, not try but schedule a connection call and actually get the opportunity to present. But when you come off like a what I call a pink plaid jacket saleswoman and you and you're only interested in getting the business card, you're only interested in them hearing you and not the other way around, then you're not gonna have much luck. Have you ever been to a networking event where a person literally Presses their card in your hand and doesn't allow you to introduce yourself. How do you feel after they move out from in front of you? you? You're like, what? What the hell was that, right? And so again, I want you to understand that it's just so important for you to be in the blessing business, to be a giver, and that is going to go a long way as you as you build relationships in your business. The second thing that I think is really, really key is that when asked the question, what do you do, be prepared so that you don't stumble all over yourself, okay? Meaning, have a 15 to 30-second intro that will intrigue people. But here's the thing, you've got to be able to create your soundbite for a 15-second introduction a, a one- to two-minute introduction and even a five-minute introduction if you are belong to a group where they give you the opportunity to stand up in front of the group for five minutes and talk about your business, okay? And so it's key. You need to understand that you need to have those introductions um, prepared. The one thing I want you to remember about introductions, okay, is that don't Focus on what the business itself. Oh, my business does this. It does that. It does this. Don't focus just on that. Focus on how the business can benefit the prospect. Okay, that is very, very key because you don't want to you don't want to brag about the business. You want to tell them how it can actually benefit them and help them. Okay, so this is why you have to come up with catchphrases and words and um, sentences. That are going to entreat the individual to ask you a question. Okay, very, very important. Third thing is, is that you've got to have a follow up system. I can't tell you how important that is when you are networking. How many of you have experienced stacking up business cards on your desk, wrapping them in a rubber band, only to self talk and say to yourself, "I'll get to that later," but I'm going to put them here. So that I won't forget. And then the next thing you know is that you have a whole array of business cards coming from different dates and time frames where you did nothing with them. Okay? Here's the rule of thumb. Whether you're talking to someone or whether you're meeting them in person or whether they have connected with you through clicking a link going to your website, right? Individuals need to hear from you prime the prime time is within within 24 hours if you're live on a networking event. If they're clicking on the link, they need to instantaneously hear from you on your website through a funnel that you have created, meaning you have pre-planned and created emails that directly go out to an individual and respond to them when they click on it, right? So very, very key. But if you're live networking, an individual needs to hear from you within 24 hours. Why? It's because their minds have been impressed upon by so many people, so many thoughts, Uh, that if you go beyond that 24-hour period, they may not remember you or you are of lesser importance because the the event has passed by. They no longer remember the event or they've replaced that importance of that event with another event that they may have recently gone to. So, again, um, you've got to start following up, and you need to have a follow-up plan. You've got to have a system for how your networking is going to flow okay? I go to a networking event. Someone gives me their car. This person sounds like um, a person that would be interested in my services. What happens next? And what happens after that and what happens in order for me to close the sale with that individual? So, again, those things need to happen, and we call that a marketing funnel, a funnel system, okay? But it's just a process. It's just a step-by-step funnel. Just happens to be the newest word that's being um, given and used for follow-up and follow-through, okay? And so, again, I want you guys to remember that about networking. I want you to be in the blessing business. I want you to create your um, your intro so that you don't stumble on, on yourself, and I want you to create a follow-up and follow-through system on how you're going to handle um, all of those contacts that you actually meet at a networking event. Do those three things, you're going to see a difference. Last but not least, I want to say I've had a lot of people ask me how many networking events should I be attending. I think it's important to attend at least two networking events a week. Yeah, and then you might think that's a lot because that's at eight networking events in a month, um, but, yeah, I think it's important. I think if you're going to build your business off of word of mouth, which um, the majority of women, small, micro-business women do, then you need to have a networking event that you are literally going to twice a week. You need to build it into your schedule, okay, very, very key, um, so that's my answer to that, and I know people that go to a networking events four days a week. Yeah, they they go to all types, chamber meetings, they go to mastermind groups, they go to women's only networking events, they go to evening social events, um, and they keep doing it because they're getting results. So I recommend at a minimum two networking events, and I challenge you to get started with that, right? because it takes time to find networking events that are really tailored uh, and compatible with who you are and what you do. But if you get in the blessing business, that means that you might decide to volunteer at the networking event. It means that you may decide to help on a committee of some sort. So, again, uh, networking does work when you are working, right? It is 1251 after the hour, getting close to that 1 o'clock hour, and I want to go ahead And I want to give you guys some information on the power of focus, seven ways to actually declutter your mindset. You know, women have always been multitaskers. And being in business, of course, you know, it's it's no different. It's going to cause you to multitask. But what experts have actually uh, learned is that multitasking is really causing people to have a lot of stress. Focusing on things one at a time is best, uh, and and so that is going to help you to actually remember things more. Um, on Netflix, there is an incredible, incredible um, series uh, on the mind and how the mind works. And you know, for those of you who are uh, who are flickers and you look at Netflix a lot, uh, I want you to look at it. It's called The Mind Explained. Again, The Mind et- It's an excellent documentary on exactly how the mind works, and um, I have so enjoyed it because it just literally coincides about my belief of the subconscious and the conscious mind, and so, again, you guys uh, need to look at that. You know, again, on Netflix, for those of you who have Netflix access, The Mind Explained, such an awesome documentary. Uh, It's actually a docu-series. And I definitely want you guys to to look at that. Now, what does that have to do with the power of focus? Everything. Because one of the things they were talking about on this series is they were saying people are multitasking so much they're losing their memory. They're losing their memory because instead of them focusing on one thing at a time, They're short-circuiting their brains and causing problems with memory. And I definitely know what they're talking about because have you ever been all over the place just doing so much and you're doing so much you can't remember what was most important or you can't can't remember what you were supposed to be doing? That's because you were doing so much. And what they're explaining here is that the way – the brain is put together, the way the circuits work in the brain is that there are different parts of the brain, the long-term memory, short-term memory, when we're handling multiple things, there are different parts of the brain handling that. And so, again, you're messing up your short-term memory by multitasking and doing too much instead of focusing on one thing. And so today I want to share with you the power of focus and why it's so key. From playing the role of janitor to closing the sale, uh, women are just used to juggling to get things done, right? However, this unique skill can and does have a negative impact on us all. It can cause again, a lack of focus, and actually prevent us from accomplishing the goals that are most important to us. So what I want to share with you is how do we begin to declutter? How do we begin to declutter our mindset so that we can move forward? Well, the word itself, declutter, simply means to simplify or break down okay, to make easy, structured, and organized. And oftentimes businesswomen have so many things on their minds and want to put so many things into action that it's all overwhelming and nothing gets done. Now, I'm going to raise my hand because that has happened to me. Can I get an amen for those of you who are listening on Facebook? You know what I'm talking about. You can be doing so many things you don't get anything done. So decluttering your mindset is about looking at the way you process and think about getting things done, adopting new beliefs about the process of accomplishing goals, having the willingness and commitment to take action, and, of course, here's my favorite, create a system to stay structured and focused. And the large part of why businesswomen are not seeing success sooner Is that we have a tendency to hold on to a lot of excess baggage that crowds our creative mind process. Ain't that the truth? We hold on to too much. And as a result of us holding on to too much, we are unable to move forward and create the new. So here are some examples of holding on too much, worrying about competition all the time. Obsessed with being perfect with everything you do in business. Oh, that's a big one for me because I, I, I am, you know, that analysis, analysis uh analysis person. I'm always trying to figure out how I can do something better, so I never get it out. And I have had to learn how to develop a better habit and make and stop doing that. Right. Um, Financial worries, oh, I can't pay this bill today. I have clients that have shared with me that at times they have been so worried about how they're going to pay bills and do things that it breaks them down and and causes them not to be able to create new processes so they can make money. So you have to be careful. The mind is a powerful thing, and we have to know how to use our mind to work with us to create our success. When we carry around excess baggage, we get so overwhelmed that it becomes so increasingly difficult to focus that we cannot prioritize. And so today, ladies, I want to share with you seven ways to declutter your mindset. Here's number one identify what's priority in your business. Ask yourself the question what's making me money? Are you effectively marketing your business? And are you getting calls, gaining prospects daily or weekly? So key. And what I want you to do is to be able to list three to five business priorities you feel you should be focusing on. What should you be focusing on in your business right now? Uh, when we read the book, um you know, No More Excuses by Brian Tracy. When we read the book about excuses, one of the things he shared and talked about in the book was that, you know, he had spent all this money advertising in his business, and yet his business was not successful. He wasn't making any money. And he just had to get back down to the basics, pick up his phone, and start calling people and start doing what he was doing all along that had been making money for him. And what he learned and what he recommends to everybody else is that 50 per, 50% to 75% of the time you should be focusing on sales and marketing in your business. Yeah, you heard it right. Fifty to seventy-five percent of the time, he says you should be focusing on sales and marketing. Number two, in the seven ways to declutter your mindset, is evaluate what you've been doing within the past six months to one year that has actually contributed to you accomplishing your goal to those priorities that you've you've listed. What have you been doing? So very, very key because. A lot of the times, there are a lot of people who say, Well, you know what? I realize now that the goals I laid out aren't the activities that I've been doing to support the goals. I've been doing something totally different, which is why I have not been able to accomplish my goals. Here's number three set goals that focus on your priorities. So, in number one of the seven ways to declutter your mindset, I said identify what's priority in your business. And then number two was evaluate what you've been doing in the past six months to a year that has actually contributed to accomplishing those priorities, right? Thank you to all of you who have given me those hearts on the Facebook group. I love hearts. Y'all give me some more. I really like hearts. Um, So number three is set goals that focus on priorities, right? That's so important. And then number four is adopt a time management system that you'll stay committed to. Now, I get asked that question all the time. Well, what's the best time management system? What's the best software to use? What do I do? My answer to what's the best system to use is system that you're going to stay committed to. Yeah, I, I, I'm not being sarcastic here. I'm telling you the truth. Whatever you're going to stay committed to, that's the system that you should use, whether it's a paper planner, whether it's Google Calendar, whether it is some other system, whatever you're going to stay committed to, that is what you should be using, okay? And these are the things that you need to remember about as you plan out your days is, A, schedule all actions that help to accomplish your goals. This is why I always recommend that every Sunday evening as you get your week started, that you identify what goals you want to accomplish by week end, by that Friday. These are the things that I want to accomplish because – so many things can get in the way so many activities can be on your calendar but they aren't even pertaining to what it is that you are trying to do so again this is key and I know this is a, a huge thing because this is why a lot of business women aren't making money right is because they are not focused on the right thing. But if you simply ask yourself, what is it that I need to see by Friday weekend, what are the goals that I would like to have accomplished, then you can go ahead and start developing the task to support that so you can get it done. Very important. And then also remember, as we talk about adopting the time management system that you'll stay committed to, schedule planning time to hold yourself accountable to staying focused on your priorities. Okay, very key. Here's number five. Stop waiting for the perfect time to take action on your business goals. I've had a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to revise my website and I'm going to get it done and do it like, you know, like you recommend it, but I got to get some other things in place first. What things do you have to get in place? What are you saying? You're going to put your business on hold until you get some other things in place because you've already started the business. So once you start, you can't stop like that. What are you what are you saying? So it's very key for you to understand. Stop waiting for the perfect time to take action. Evaluate. Leverage the power and talent of others. What are we what is that? Leverage the power and talent of that's a power team. Right? If you have a power team, then you can leverage the talent and potential of other people to what? shorten your learning curve, and push you forward faster than you ever imagined. And then, of course, you've got to schedule your task to do items in your planner. Even if you've delegated it, you've got to schedule time to follow up with the person that you delegated to. So very, very important. So this is a big one, number five, uh, that I just read. Stop waiting for the perfect time to take action. Yeah, that's huge. Okay? Number six, use a journal to record your ideas and your goals. This helps to keep your mind decluttered, right? It says you you know one of the things that I have always learned, and I love journaling. I've been journaling since I've been you know a preteen, and one of the things that I love about journaling is that journaling not only helps you to keep clear and declutter, but journaling heals, H E A L, yeah it heals. It helps you to get over a lot of things. It helps you to understand yourself and who you are. Um, one of the biggest secrets about journaling that I've learned is what you think and what you write sometimes can be two different things. You, you can be hiding stuff from yourself, but when you're writing it out on paper, your subconscious mind is pushing it out and causing you to tell the truth to yourself. So when you go back and you read it, sometimes it'll seem like that's not even you. Is that, did I say that? When did I write that? But you are learning who you are. So you may say that you know yourself, but journal for a while, and you will really get the opportunity to know the beautiful person you really are you'll get the opportunity to learn all of the things that you need to be doing to enhance your life, to improve your life, okay? It can be a starbound bound notebook, a composition book, or a leather-bound journal. It's all up to you whenever you get the time to schedule time daily to brainstorm and share your thoughts on how you want your business to grow. Now, I have a journal at my nightstand, and one of the things I like to do is just kind of brain dump, which helps me to go to sleep faster. I just brain dump what happened in the my day and some of the things that I need to do, and I try my best to read that in the mornings uh, when I when after my meditation and prayer, and you know I try to read what I brain dump, and sometimes I look at it and I go, Did I write that? Oh, okay, I didn't even know I felt that way. So again, journaling is powerful both in healing, both in decluttering, and both in helping you to stay clear and focused okay remember that you should always date each entry of your journal no matter how short that entry may be and last but not least in the seven ways to declutter your mind how to focus and what keeps you focused is to rid yourself of habits that prevent you from taking action on your dreams and goals right this is a big one this is very very big and this is something that i had to learn the hard way okay? But habits are very, very important, and I want to just share something with you about habits, okay? I've, I've written on habits before. I've written articles on habits. I've studied habits and how they are formed. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always interested in knowing the beautiful art of God and how he created us and, and what works and how things work. Uh, that's why I recommend it to you guys again that if you are on Netflix or have access to Netflix, I want you to look at the series, The Mind Explained, and how it works. Don't binge watch it, okay? Just plan it on your calendar to watch it. We watch so many things on television, but this is something that can enhance your life. So The Mind Explained on Netflix, and, you know, again, you guys may be able to go on YouTube and watch excerpts. If you don't have Netflix, uh, you can go on YouTube and search The Mind Explained and see if they have excerpts from the actual docu-series that is available on Netflix, okay? But I want to explain to you guys quickly about habits, and then I'm going to be ending the show. won't hold you much longer, but I want to explain to you guys why habits are so important and what we need to understand. And I want to read something to you that I wrote about habits from one of our programs at Women About Biz, Her Business Strategy. And I want to read this. It says, Habits are a necessary set of actions and thoughts that allow us as humans to automate repetitive tasks and thoughts. If we didn't have habits, it would take us large amounts of time just to accomplish the smallest of tasks. However, There are some habits that work against productivity or taking action, and it's those types of habits that you must identify and learn to eliminate in order to thrive and accomplish your business goals and dreams. Habits are formed within your subconscious mind, and your mental system does not determine which habit is good or bad for you. Your habits are processed and recorded, though, based on your repetitive actions and thoughts. So you can tell yourself all day long that you're going to make a million dollars, but if the thought behind that is not really, I'm just saying that out loud to impress people, but I'm not real, I don't think I'll ever do that. Or your thoughts, even without the, verb, uh, the verbal use, is, uh, if your thoughts are, I don't believe that, I, I remember you know, this person who told me I was not going to amount to anything, or I don't really think I'm going to make a million dollars, then those thoughts are what's going to build the habit. So you have to be careful. Your habits are, again, processed and recorded based on repetitive actions and thoughts. If repeated enough, your subconscious mind accepts the habit and brings it up whenever it detects the repetitive task or thought that originally built the habit itself. So if you have a tendency to procrastinate whenever you feel overwhelmed, your subconscious mind will bring up that habit every time you're trying to overcome a challenge or handle a complex task. It will make you sleepy. You will start procrastinating, and you're figuring out, like, I don't understand this. Why is this happening to me? Well, it's because the habit was repeated so much. The procrastination was repeated so much as that your subconscious mind is relaying to the conscious that you really don't want to do it. So it puts up excuses, and it helps you to build excuses so that you don't have to do it, and you have to be really careful of that. While eliminating the habit, ladies, can be a challenge, it is necessary to do so if it is preventing you from having what you want in business. So what's the solution, right? What's the solution? You must use the same process you use in creating the habit. For a period of 21 to 45 days or even up to 90 days, you must repeat the opposite of the habit that's contributing negatively, negatively to your goals. So whatever you've been doing negatively to make the habit, you need to do the opposite so it creates a positive habit. For example, if it's procrastination, whenever you feel overwhelmed, you must push yourself to take immediate action instead of procrastinating. Doing this repeatedly and experiencing the positive results will signal your subconscious mind to accept the new habit. Be aware, though, that your subconscious mind will repeatedly bring up the unwanted habit until it gets the message that you don't want to use it anymore. So your level of commitment to breaking the unwanted habit must be stronger than the negative habit itself, right? Let me repeat that for you. In order to break that habit, the level of commitment to breaking the unwanted habit with a positive habit must be stronger than the negative habit itself. You must be willing to repeat a positive habit so that it can write over the negative habit so that your subconscious mind will accept it. We cannot eliminate the things that are in our subconscious mind. They will never be gone. But what we can do is we can add, we can deposit positive things that will contribute positively to our lives, right? And so there you have it, ladies. You have seven ways to declutter your mindset. You've learned all about habits and how they really uh, have everything to do with, with our mindset and what keeps us from doing a lot of different things. I want you to take this information that you have received today, and I want you to get in your quiet space. And ask yourself, how can I take what Trina shared with me, and how can I apply it so that I am able to enhance my life and create the success I want in my business? Well, ladies, that's all I have for you today. I want to say to you, have an abundant week. I pray that you will accomplish your goals by weekend, stay focused, and remember, success is a choice, and it should be your choice to make it happen. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.